I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wiseman's Here podcast in association with Love Supreme. Brought to you by myself, Stephen Goldsmith, and the main man, Gareth Barker. Wow. Have you been calling me Silent. a man before? Those, those, the faces in the room at that point said all we needed to know Everybody about knows that. it's true. Don't don't be hard thanks, on yourself. Thanks very much. The cricket score didn't materialise over the weekend anyway, nor could someone manage to squeeze out a win. Where does it leave us then? We probably won't find out tonight, but we'll celebrate a 1-1 draw anyway. Nick Barnes from the BBC, Richard Mason from the Northern Echo. Going to help us do that. Jovial mood? Always. Especially really? after your wisecracks. <laughs> It <laughs> wasn't any wise he was there. bragging about a speech that he did. Um, that I witnessed it was quite good, but um, he just sat there, stood there silently after that. So maybe he used up all his words for the yeah, year. I've run out of anecdotes now, so it's gonna be a long night. You, should, you, should, you normally have some prepared written on a piece of paper. I've never prepared anything. I know. In my I'm life. just trying to <laughs> make it sound like all your materials prepared. Nope. But uh, where does it leave us all, Nick? Do you think because the performance was certainly better, but we didn't get the win against a very good team. Dick doesn't know what to think. I don't think any of us know what to think. Well, it was much better. I mean, you have to take that from the weekend that they couldn't get any worse. And it was a step up. Yes, uh, there are still areas that will concern people. Um, I think the fact that Patrick van Arnholt is still an issue at left back. Um, John O'Shea coming back in, yes, was a very, very good move. It certainly did prove to be the right thing to do. And with hindsight, you know, should have been done for Norwich but it wasn't but now he's back in it looks like he's going to stay there for a while unless Dick Advocat is prepared to gamble again on trying to establish Kabul and Coates as his first choice centre-back pairing which is what he wanted to do but it looks so shaky and Patrick van Arnholt is so sort of uh, uh, goes so amiss on the left-hand side when they play those two I think O'Shea has to stay Yeah, you can see Richard Cartney the communication from O'Shea reining the full-backs in yeah, it was, it, for me it was from set pieces straight away from the set pieces it looked as though there was something going on there was a bit of organisation they weren't just chasing shadows and ball watching there was a little bit of concentration going on there which can only come from having a defensive leader so it was a step in the right direction These are the things you can only see when you're inside the stadium as well because somebody could watch Italian and then conclude that John O'Shea isn't any good Yeah, I, but but you I can, when you, you can you, see him speaking to the defenders And you can't you, you can't if you're not there, sense that authority that John O'Shea's got. I mean, I think at one point O'Shea came across to head a ball out, but he did it with authority. It was almost like he, there was a real presence about him just putting the ball out into touch, and he, he, he commands that area. Now, I know he'll have his critics, and there are, there are times in games, yes, he will get caught. But for those times, you know, there's more than compensated for the fact that, you know, he has actually got a rein on Patrick Van Arnholt. He has got a rein on Billy Jones. He has got a rein on... Sebastian Quartes and you know that is important at the back and 
you know, they came away with a point against a very good Swansea team who'd shown, OK, there was you know much talk about they hadn't finished their previous two games against 11 players. But you can see with Montero and with AU and that side, they're an accomplished team. They can pass the ball. Pantillimon had to pull off two or three very, very good saves to keep them out. I thought it was notable that we tried to cut off the supply line to Montero. I thought could Jones did a good job there, actually. Well, not even just Jones, him. I think the midfielders trying to intercept the ball. You could tell that they'd worked on that, I thought. Because but, he's well, they the did their homework well. because they knew how Montero had terrified Jan Matt at Newcastle the previous week and what he'd done in the opening game against Chelsea. I mean, that's where your homework comes to the fore, isn't it? That's what it's, that, that's what it's there for, you know, to... to you know, you know how to deal with his players and you, and you sort of try and do just that. And that what was glaringly absent from the first two games as well, it seemed. I, th- I think what I noticed was it was a lot more of a back-to-basics performance, which is, which is where Sunderland have, have done well in the past. Just not getting ahead of themselves, not trying to play football, not trying to <laughs> do too much. Cause <laughs> you they know are. your limits, lads. Yeah, well, they, they do have limitations. You know, Within that squad, you've got a couple of players who, who are capable of changing the game, but... Sunderland at the moment are best in a counter-attacking style, you know, soaking up the attacks, keeping it basic, and and playing out from the back. And the narrow four-three-three again. Yeah. yeah but what a bonus it was that last twenty minutes when Lens suddenly came to life and the player yeah. that everyone thought they bought, and suddenly was giving Kyle Norton, you know, a nightmare at the back for for Swansea and, and starting to run and get into the penalty area. Now, that was great when you say full-back going on his backside, isn't it? Well, it, Fans was, it was just so refreshing <laughs> suddenly for 20 minutes at the end seeing Lenz, every time he got the ball, you thought, well, he's going to get in the penalty area. And once you're in the penalty area, then, you you know, you know what 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 can happen? Anything. I mean, no, suddenly nothing. But um, <laughs> yeah, but, the, but he did. I mean, he put, you know, a couple of cracking balls across the box and suddenly the <clears throat> opposition have got to start worrying about staying back and defending and not sort of careering forward and scoring goals when we had the momentum after the goal the penalty decision as well we, we don't normally talk about that but we are looking for positives we're desperate we're even speculating about transfers last week we don't do that normally either but uh, Sullen's tails are up then do you think that influenced the referee's decision a little bit because it was just so soon after the goal I just think he had a bad game I mean I, 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 Dick Advocat was trying to make um, not, not talk himself into trouble afterwards but I didn't think Neil Swarbrick had a very good game at all I think the first half um, he, he seemed to be letting Swansea players get away with a lot and Sunderland players not getting away with anything. This ludicrous issue then, him turning out in a white or light grey jersey and, sort of, and then having to change at half-time into yellow, it just, didn't, it just wasn't his afternoon. And the handball incident, even if he was, was, wasn't best placed for it, what was the assistant doing? I mean, it was clear that Ashley Williams said his, his hands were, were being raised, they were in the air, um, and that was a clear-cut penalty. The, the only thing I'd say about it is that for the fact that you know Sunderland didn't get a penalty you know Pantillimon pulled off two stunning saves and, and you could argue that's his job you know, yes you can but you know I think on another day um, with a bit more luck Swansea may well have scored you know another one or two goals when you're doing your coaching badges you get told there's no such thing as being unlucky it's poor technique or it's good play by somebody else if you if, <laughs> if you look at the, the way it was going the game before the equaliser I think Sunderland had got a bit ragged and it got laid. Lo- yeah, they'd lost lost the way a bit. So they were, when the goal came, it, it just gave them that lift because you felt as though they weren't getting back into it at that mm. point. And then just you know dispossessing somebody in their own half who's on the ball, and then the, the, it was a really good goal. Like it looked simple, but Lenz's first touch was excellent, and 
brilliant ball of Defoe and it was a really good finish. Um, great tackle by Mvir as well, who was outstanding. I thought like, it was really unusual to see like somebody in the in the midfield who sees the game in that way. Um, you can see it. you can see why when he was highly rated a few years ago before he had his problems, that teams like Barcelona and things like that were in for him. And I'm not saying he's that good now. I'm just saying you can see it's the way he understands the game and the way he sees things happening and he's, he's like two or three yards ahead in, already and then when he's got it his use of the ball was, was really good I think it's interesting and Via is meant to be the player who's slightly unstable for want of a better word and yet it's Lentz who's been picking up the yellow cards ironically I know I, know, I was worried well we were saying I think what more was playing come on we were thinking well he's definitely going to come yeah. on for Lentz and then because he, he'd been booked and then he, he got mm. warned twice after that like two final warnings and then we were saying, well, you've got to take him off and put one more on now. And literally, as we were saying it, you saw Advocate wave over what one. We were like, well, you'd have to be an idiot not to do that. And then he took the fourth. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> well, that's what I said. I said, in, I said um, to Benno, I said, well, I said to Benno, who do you think you'll take off? And he went, well, it, well, Lens, because of the yellow card. And I said, oh, not Defoe then. No, 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 Lens, Lens, you know, because you know, that issue of if he picks up another yellow card and the way that Cause it looked like he Neil Swarbrick's going to go mm. about it. You think, it yeah, like he was reacting to it, didn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. It was literally as he, he got his final one and Dick waved what more over and then I don't know if he just changed his mind. Yeah. When well, he, he, it was a good job he didn't because we saw we saw the best of best we've seen of him. That's what, mm. that's what like Nick said, we expected it to see from that player. Um, in that, you know, he had a really good second half um, generally. In, in his general player, but he, he didn't like when he like sort of hit straps in that last twenty minutes. Like you say, it was just every time he got the ball, he thought, well, you right, he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely going to get. He's probably a bit. Well, he'll be disappointed with that, as they say. <laughs> with the um, obviously he'd be delighted that he skied that effort. That's what I should say. But yeah, when he cut inside and fired that shot over the bar, he probably had a little bit more time to place it, but he he just put it over. But yeah, he, he was like the main influencer from an attacking sense. I mean that that chance where he he got down the side and cut it back for for Fletcher and Fletcher probably should have got on the end of it. Really, he was stretching, but I think he missed the ball rather I than think was too just far for, away. Well, is it a concentration thing again? I don't know. I mean, I thought that was a golden opportunity. If mm. someone really should have put that in the back of the net, that you, sort of that's a, that's the thing. I mean, you got the striker issue is still there. I mean, Graham worked hard, he toiled, and but there was no real. Influence on the game from him, um, you know, he didn't really hold it in the first half, and then Fletcher actually did all right when he came on. I thought in his general play, but you know th that chance across the face, he'll be thinking, you know, I don't know, like two years ago, he probably. Do you guys think Fletcher played well? Because I was speaking to some people after the game, and it was split in opinion. I have to say, I, I, think played bad, I don't think he played badly. I heard, you know, people, as you say, you know, it just seemed to polarise opinion, but. I, you know, I think like that Graham, he worked hard, but I, I think you know the issue is ultimately that Dick Advocat wants a striker. He wants someone who can score goals and, and pull the ball up. But you can see the, the you can see the mould of the striker yeah. that other clubs sign is is the player that there was a guy actually before we came on who was uh, having a go at us on Twitter because of we've well me specifically because of um, our criticism of Defoe and I was reiterating the point it wasn't really criticism of him as a player to criticism of the the situation that we found ourselves in where we've gone big on this this player who wasn't really right for the system and you can see the kind of player that you need now if you're a team like Sunderland you play 4-3-3 is like Wilson at Bournemouth or Rondon at Rondon I mean when you look look at his performance yes it's one game and you shouldn't get carried away but you look at him and think 
he's he's the kind of player that Sunderland need in, in the centre forward without without doubt someone with pace he can hold it strong big broad tall bloke you know imagine him getting on the end of stuff that said though about the four um, I mean you're right we haven't criticised him I mean, we we have also said on the show that we would have went down if it wasn't for Jermaine Defoe's goals last season what I noticed in the game was he didn't seem to have to put you know the effort in last season when we were staying up and he was like almost a left back at times and stuff like that it didn't seem it was necessary for him to do well, that it, should, that have, well, the, the it set- should have been for the for the goal shouldn't it okay yeah but what I mean is for the um, I think that he perhaps the centre midfielders had a part to play in that because there's more presence in the middle of the park now it allowed him to steer further up and to be honest I thought had somebody turned up and never seen Jermaine Defoe play before I don't think they would have guessed that he didn't he didn't play in that position. I thought he did a well, I, um, yeah, you're right. He doesn't get back as much as he was at the end of last season when he was coming back into the fullback positions. But you're still seeing him out wide on you know left or right on the touchline in midfield, having to come back for it, and then making runs into the centre. So you know there's still that element. And is that because Patrick van Arnholt's you know that, that issue down that left hand side and Jones covers the right wing a little bit more effectively? Perhaps it's happening on the left. But um, Defoe's role has changed, but. I think the games we've seen, some, you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he's got two goals already now in three games, and you know, it took him how many games since ja- in January through to the end of the season to get four goals or what it was. So you could argue that at the moment, you know, he's doing his job in the role that Dick's got him playing, even if he's not 100 percent sure that he's happy playing in that position. Well, well, that, well, that, well, that's the well, thing. That's we, we saying, if he wants it. to have a future in the in the Premier League, I think it's, it, in systems that don't suit him, he's got to embrace this new position. Otherwise, he drop like yeah. he drops a level. He'd have to drop a level if he, if he thinks he's going to go and play up front for somebody. That's not going to be in the Premier League, is it? No. Well, you look at you know twenty the nineteen out of the twenty clubs probably play with with either one up top or this kind of inverted four three three system, which is essentially two wingers either side of a, a lone striker you're not going to ha- see a two man an old fashioned little and large tile par- style partnership now even at somewhere like Man City that often play 4-4-2 they're not going to play a big man next to a small man cause, if they, because if they do have it's defensive not, it's going to well, be a better Tony standard Pulis as well anyway said he tried know. it the other week I can't remember who it was against but he tried it, it against Man City, Man City it? and said it was yeah. a mistake no mm-hmm. we you can't you can't do it now just because of midfields yeah. I mean it was the old it, funnily enough it's the issue that Steve Bruce always had playing Arsenal that you couldn't play a four-man midfield because you'd be overrun you had to pat the midfield to stop Arsenal taking you apart I think now, now you know for teams like Sunderland it's default it's default now 4-3-3 some, some play, clubs are playing the diamond and like Leicester play a bit of a diamond and I know West Ham have played the diamond but I mean they played the diamond on uh, Saturday and conceded four goals Um it, you know that being outnumbered in midfield, that extra man, it, it makes a massive difference. And Man City, you know, when when they play above the Premier League level, when they play five in the middle, they always look a lot better than when they play four four two and they get destroyed. So it just it's that pattern. That's how it works. And you know, since Defoe came in, we've been finding a way to try and accommodate him. And Advocates, the only manager probably who said, right, well, this is the way we're going to play. You and play you've it. you've got to play this way. And, that's just the way it has to be. That might have made so. a difference on his mentality as well. Might now, if he's sort of accept, accepting that now, where previously he might have been out there sulking a little bit or whatever. Not that his performance was indicated he was sulking, was sulking last season because he was giving, he was running himself into the ground, wasn't he? So that's a little bit harsh, perhaps. But I just thought that he looked like he embraced it a little bit. I don't think he's going to see him kind of understood it a bit more. 
I don't yeah, think you're going to kind of see him stropping off down the touchline because, because he's professional first and foremost. But I think you know when he when when you drift inside like that, Dick Advocat seemed to be happy with the fact that he was drifting inside yeah. from yeah. a wide position. But that does bring defensive problems. Um, but as you say, having a midfield three behind them in in Rodwell, Umvier, and Catamol kind of protects that to an extent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it may just be that at the moment Jermaine Defoe's got other things on his mind, you know, the shopping and who's going to pay the He's having his own transfer his PA, term oil. Uh, in place, then... It's a decent yeah, annual salary for that, wasn't it's, it? It's 60, 60 grand. grand. Yeah. In London? Well, haven't been 24-7? He said most of it could be done online, so... It's all in your shopping, Jermaine. Haven't been knocked back for the uh, the in, in, in-house chef for John Joe Shelby. <laughs> The job I went for <laughs> this summer and, and didn't get a reply from. I think I might be interested in this one. In that, mm. yeah. You mentioned John Joe Shelby there. I'm gonna gonna try and uh, come up with a segue here. But, uh, we were we were praising John Joe Shelby and, and his performance. Exactly the kind of centre midfielder Sunderland need you think to complement two of the three that played on Saturday. Gareth and I again were sitting there saying, you can see that there's a team in here, and if you added to MV and possibly cut them all or Rodwell because Rodwell played quite well an attacking midfielder, somebody who likes to pull the strings like John Joe Shelby, that would make a huge difference to us. It would almost, it would just transform us totally as a team. And we go from a team, I think you're worried about well, relegation. Well, that, that's a player, a team I mean, you a, think you're if, be you, fine. if you think Shelby is, is technically, he is an attacking midfielder, isn't he? And that's what Dick Africani yeah. is looking for. But it's finding that one, isn't it? It's well, finding, the, but as he said already, you know, you're going to have to pay, pay eight, nine, ten million but pounds. You say but that. Or, I mean, if if, loan, if this fee for De Guzman at the end is what five million euros or whatever, I mean that's a considering. I mean, he, he's played at like a good level all his career. When he was at Swansea, he looked very good. I mean, he went to Napoli. I'm sure they weren't they, you know, Champions League last season or the season before. Say, yeah. I mean, that's not. He's not playing for a rubbish team. That's a player with pedigree that they're going to bring in. And then you think for five million euros, the amount of money that's splashed around. Um, you know, for English players and stuff like that, and you think, you know, why, why aren't those deals being done by ourselves more often? And then you look at it now. I mean, the agents come out a day and made the court saying, you know, he needs a bit more time to decide on it because of this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, now the Sunderland news has hit the, you know, general public on Friday. Was it? You know, he's had four days to try and wheel out, you know, some. More potential suitors. I mean, Bournemouth. I don't know if that's m- more or less appealing than Sunderland. I mean, well, it might I mean, be part a of it is because coin. Sunderland had a poor start, and yeah. I mean, and you know, Dick Avocat was the first to admit that it is harder now, two weeks in, to tra- attract players because of the start that Sunderland made. They are, you know, they look like a struggling club. Well, Bournemouth had a fantastic start. You know, yeah, they lost the first two, though, didn't they? Hmm? They lost the first two. Yeah, well, but unlucky, yeah. weren't they? I mean, mm. you know, you look at the way they started, and look, you look at the way they. You know they they performed against West Ham. You know to to players they probably look a better bet. You'd like, but at the same time you'd like to think that players aren't just looking at two or three games and making decision football decisions. I mean we've talked about players taking responsibility for the moves before, especially when Craig Gardner was the example that we used when he moved to Sunderland. You know Bruce wants to play four four two, and he's been playing as an advanced attacking yeah. midfielder in like a four five one. At what point like can they old four five one as well? Do they like stop listening to the agent and say, "Well, yeah. which team am I going to fit into here? Yeah. How am I going to play?" And you look at it would be nice yeah, if football. You look at someone like the Guzman. Is 
you could just pop him there. You could just pick him up by the head and dump him in there and go, there you go, enjoy yourself. And he'd have a great he'd have a great time. We'd I, have a great time, Jonathan, if you're listening. Being, come over. I might be being a bit cynical here, but I don't think footballers, if they're looking at numbers, they're not going to be looking at 4-3-3 or 4-4-2. They should yeah. be. That's what yeah. we're saying, though. 4-3-3. Yeah, 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah. I think de- defending from the front is quite an important yeah. skill, and that's that's what he did. I don't, I don't think, I haven't looked at the stats, I don't think he made any kind of forward movement in that game. I don't think... He, he, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember whether he shot or not. He might have stabbed one wide at one point. But yeah, going over forward, attempted overhead. That was yeah. Going forward, you don't you don't think oh he's a threat, but you think oh, he's going to work hard. He's going to hold the ball up. He's going to bring other players in. And when you've got a midfield behind him in Lens and 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 Vier Rodwell, and Rodwell, Rod- Defoe technically. In yeah, Defoe system. coming in there as well. There's there's you know there's players moving in and around him. <laughs> so <to> speak, <laughs> the spear's moving around him, who he can bring into the game. And in him as well. In, in, him, in and around. Afterwards, if he don't if be, he scores, don't be part of yours in and around. Cause well, Andy Townsend's not around anymore. Is he, so. <laughs> there's a little actually. There's a Andy Townsend quote in the, in the blurb for the podcast. So that's uh, spitting. So well done. Is it? Just says better Clive. Better Clive. See, not a lot of people might get that reference. It's a bit, will a bit now. niche, isn't it? Yeah, if anything, I don't think it's niche. it's obscure. I don't think it's niche. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now on the subject of that, we're all on the subject ruin of banter. Do, do, you want, do you want to do your joke that you did mid-match? Um, yeah, I could, but well, it might fall a bit flat because of the context, isn't there? Provide the context if you like. Yeah, Ed, uh, the uh, footballer, Brazilian is he? Brazilian, Portuguese, uh, Portuguese same thing, really. Um, just, a boat, language, it's just a boat ride. Oh, it's the same language. Boat, boat, just a boat ride. Just a boat ride. <laughs> Um, share the same culture. Um, yeah, he came on and uh, I, said, said, I wondered if he was good in the air. You I haven't said who? You, you didn't well, I did. He said it was Edda. Edda, did you? I don't know. He's good it's, in the air. He's going to fall horribly yeah, flat. Yeah, I'd say it is no context. You've sold us down the river, Stephen. So <coughs> you've you, you got rubbish jokes, so you're trying to make my good one good joke sound bad. I didn't try and make any jokes. Wait, well, I know. Stayed away from it. I know. I know. This is the problem. But anyway, shall we talk about the football? <laughs> yeah, instead I'm trying to think. Segue us back another conversation then. Speaking of awful, um, <laughs> Jack Rodwell was a lot better, wasn't he, he this was. week? He was. Let's single him out for some praise because he probably deserves some for, well, for doing what, what, what you saw. I think with him this weekend, what gone was the bare minimum of what you expect from him. Well, maybe not that, but just the that grit that he wanted to battle with individuals in the middle, like too or often aggression. He, yeah, too often he's like meek, meekly sort of like just gets losers at fifty-fifty. Um, and and t- he was, you know, harassing people. I mean, he does pick up quite a few yellow cards, and they're usually for stupid things. So it's, I'd rather he picked up yellow cards for, you know, being a bit nasty and doing something, you know, like Catamo, where he absolutely sliced Eo in Eo and half, which was sort of quite enjoyable in a way. Like, obviously, he wouldn't want him to be injured, but it was quite good. He got the crowd up. I haven't seen that challenge <laughs> first hand, I thought. That's never yellow. That's all the reason. It's gone through the back of him. Yeah, it's a yellow. But um, yeah, the, I mean Swansea as well. They would. I mean Gary Monk's strange. Monk complaining about the referee. Can you believe it? He's got a bit of the Mourinho's about him. Monk in his way he sees the game sometimes. Like he just says stupid stuff. Like I that, could believe what I was hearing when he yeah, said at the end like, of the game, or the ref gives. He was on. He gives let yeah, someone get away with far too much stuff, and I was thinking that was the other way around, surely. Well, I was thinking it was the other way around. I'm not sure why he was. I was saying, well, bearing in mind how many bookings there were for Sunderland yeah. players and last Paris year, and Swansea. Last year, he blamed the length of the grass. Do you not remember that? He said he drew nil nil, and he was like, "Oh, the, the the grass was too long, so like to stop us playing or something like that." It's like, come on, don't be daft, get on with it. Steve Cotterill said that at uh, when he visited Sheffield Wednesday in the first game of the season for Bristol. 
as if, as if Bristol City were like, you know, Chelsea or <laughs> yeah. Real Madrid. Oh, the grass was a little bit long for us. Yeah, well, just come up from League One. The stage is ground like Hillsborough as well. Yeah. Well, they, um, they, they uh, won the league though, didn't they? So, you know, I can't slag them off too much. Well done, him. Maybe he's finally starting to come good. Michael's a big fan of the fan of him. Mm-hmm. He, he always used to say that uh, he thought he really rated his coaching sessions, and then like Howard Wilkinson came in and brought did, the mood down. Oh, yeah, brought the mood down <laughs> with his um, duck videos or whatever it was I used to play. Geese mm. was it geese or duck? Uh, just a formation of geese. A formation, or just a for, just, just a, a formation. formation of just a formation of geese. Everyone's got that video in the collection. Michael said it wasn't such a bad idea because somebody was using it in the Ryder Cup. I can't remember who won the. That's golf. Yes, I know. Obviously, one uh, of the recent Ryder Cups. Individual sport. One of the captains of the last couple of years. That's no, honestly, he was used as an example of how to do teamwork. He used that analogy. Maybe Dick used it because he was saying that the players were playing as individuals, and then he put that on, and now they're playing as a team. Maybe that's what he should have done. That maybe if he's listening, maybe he could take that on board. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Can you, really that, can, you, can you see that, Nick? Can you no. see? I, I, I'm struggling with this concept. No, I know. I'm struggling. I said, Gareth was a mere man. I think it's just gone. This, this, this is part of this. I'm just thinking this. that our goose formation is falling apart here. It's, I think that they're splitting off and going Steve, in different directions. Stephen's ruined the podcast <laughs> oh, really? by making us do that joke, and it's brought <laughs> it's really brought the, the mood and the quality down. I know. Well, Nick, we got you in to do a more. We got you in to do a more talking anyway. Nick, you normally talk for us all. Geese and duck are all well and good, but Sunderland might have a problem paying the bill. Oh no, that is. Disgusting! It's really bad. That is. This is what the do, wor- do, This might be the worst podcast we've ever done. Do Sunderland right? have a problem paying the bill, Nick? Is there an issue there? Do you think? Give which, which, some positive which bill? Which well, bill? Potential bills? Then is there any money? Um, well, there isn't any money basically at the moment. This is what the whole issue about the transfer windows around about. You know the fact there isn't any money. You know Dick wants to keeps rubbing it, ramming it home that while they've bought lens. You know, every other club has bought four lenses by yeah. Focals, and oh, they, me. it's just getting worse and worse. <laughs> but they, you know, they. But so he, he, you know, he's would love to see Sunderland spend thirty to forty million pounds and buy four more quality players. And as he pointed out about the weekend, you know, you can see what Lens brought to the game and what Mvia. Although Mvia was a free transfer, he said, you know, it was a rare quality signing, and they've got a bit of a gem if it works out with Mvia. For basically nothing, but it, that's that's the difference, you know. That the, the squad at the weekends having to work really, really hard and play to the best of their ability. But if you've got three or four lens quality players in your squad, you, you've taken so much more pressure off the off the team as a whole because they of what they can do and what you know they can bring to the team. How many do we think realistically could come in? Two. Two, I would have thought. I mean, I but the way things are going this week, two. I might. It, it, I think they'd be struggling to get three at the moment. You know, striker and attacking midfielder are the two, the two, the two positions priorities. are strengthened first, yeah. Does um, everybody agree with that? Yeah, they else? are the two. Well, it, but but what's happened in the last fortnight, of course, is left back has become a concern, <laughs> and and advocates made it quite clear that if if Patrick Van Arnholt, if it's if it's becoming clearer and clearer that he's not going to actually grow into that role and become a left back, then they will have to buy a left back. But at the moment, striker and attacking midfielder are the two. If something miraculous happens with the checkbook then you'd hope that maybe he could could attract three or four but this is the whole issue again you know, we were talking about de guzman 
in attracting players to a team who are in the bottom three of the Premier League. I mean, I guess the slight advantage they might have with De Guzman is that, you know, Dick is a Dutchman, well, Lenz is a Dutchman. You'd it, think it, Lenz would have had a word, you've been on the phone the to Dutch him. Well, hopefully going like, please moment, come. All the players being linked are largely Dutch. So there's going to be, that's always going to be the thread, isn't it? But the fear is then, you know, what happens if the window shuts, Dick hasn't got the players in, he decides enough's enough, who comes in then has to pick up the pieces. And that's completely, you know, the mindset of the Dutch players then. Does that change because they've signed because Dick was in charge and mm. they like that Dutch sort of feel to the squad? We're the club who are going to salvage Sky Sports uh, coverage of the transfer window, aren't we? We're going to be going to like the la- we're going to be going to the last minute, aren't we? Yeah. Because we we can't not bring in players in those positions. So they're going to have a list and they're going to be working down that list as the night goes on. Because that's kind of uh, we were saying it's jump the shark a bit that the Spice mm. the Sky Sports coverage of the transfer window and sul- suddenly they're going to salvage oh, that. Well, and it's a five o'clock cut off as well. So is it five? Is, is it? it? Yeah. Oh, oh well, that's not well, as exciting to start with. Then, is it? That's that was the other issue this year, isn't it? That, that, because it's now September the second and not the first anyway, and it's a five o'clock finish. Mm. I think I think that I'd like to think that they'll have stuff done before then. I mean, I know what you're saying about working the way down the targets and stuff, but De Guzman's going to sit there until the last possible opportunity for a start, isn't yeah. he? If he thinks there's other Premier League clubs in for him, he's going to come to England, surely. And you would Just imagine he's going to sit somewhere around. central. Get maybe out, maybe as Darren Bentway stayed yeah. in Birmingham in that hotel yeah. that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get another Mungu's car. Get a mm. little trip around. But well, well, I mean, you asked the big the question about money is or anything available the other issue is in this week they're going to have to try and shift some players I mean, you Jack, know, Jack Arini's probably Jack going Arini's probably going to go they'll want to get Bridcut out they'll want to get Buckley out Roberge Championship so clubs might come for those two they may, they may do I mean and there's obviously been you know sniffs of interest from various clubs I think Cardiff have been linked with Buckley haven't they and, um, and Leeds were linked with Buckley um, Bridcut again I mean the issue will be the players' wages at the moment, and that that will deter clubs at the same time that those players won't want to leave because they're on good money, which they won't get in the championship. They'll be good players in the championship. Like Buckley would be a good good player in the championship, was, a good winger. He was a good player. In the well, I think you know you have to go back over the years and see the careers that the likes of Daryl Murphy, Ross Wallace, number of other players have forged themselves in the championship. Mm. Richard's the championship expert in the room. Covers the championship. <laughs> Well, yes. none of us. Well, none of us do. Experts yeah. pushing up, but you you cover championship games. I'm, I'm fairly adept. Yeah, I could say. Yeah. Oh, sorry, on the defensive. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I, I was kind of touting uh, Daryl Murphy around a few. I wasn't touting. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was suggesting Agent that. Mur- Agent Mason. <laughs> if yeah. you're looking for a striker who scores goals, Daryl Murphy's. So when you didn't get the John Joe Shelby. <laughs> Chef's yeah. job, you became Daryl yeah. Murphy's agent. Became an agent. <laughs> Is that why he didn't get that move to the Premier League this yeah, summer? Yeah, because yeah. I was representing him. Yeah, yeah. you see, you're better off here. That would be funny, wouldn't it? If Murphy came back as a centre forward. Funny is not a word I would. Uh, it would be quite word. funny, though. I mean, if Sunderland were going. If a club's going to do something like that, it's probably going to be Sunderland, isn't it? And then he'd well, come I back and say he's got unfinished like, business. Yeah. The, like what I, the, the vision I had was that all this link. Someone said, oh, well, I can see. Sunderland signing Andre Gray and I said no Sunderland being Sunderland they'll make a mistake somewhere it'd be Andy Gray comes back <laughs> oh god yeah. please no no I've, whenever Nightmares. I see Gary Hooper I always think he's a potential Sunderland player I don't know I don't know what it is he was, like, Norwich, Norwich, he he was a link wasn't he yeah. with the, the amount of money that it just goes to show I guess the money you don't have to if you, you can spend a load of money on players and it doesn't always work yeah. look Mares cost £300,000 I think French second division and 
he scored six in six, and you know people are raving about him. So I know it's a small spell, but it's about players. And again, this goes back to what we were saying, you know, not to pick on Defoe. He's definitely got qualities that you know he's much. He's a Premier League quality player, no doubt about that. But the kind of sometimes it's better to just say, well, yes, we're going to have to sacrifice certain aspects of a certain of a, of a player and look at other aspects what do we need we need someone who can hold it we need somebody who's quick we need a you know someone who's going to bring other people into play they should be top of the top of the list for the system that we're playing it shouldn't square be pick, will, square they, will, they, will this will this score loads of goals will this score loads of goals well i don't know if the, the days of players scoring loads of goals in the premier league are over and unless you unless you're ridiculous like someone like Aguero or whatever, but well, you look at the top clubs and they all spread the goals around, with yeah. the exception of you know, well, even Chelsea, they spread the goals around themselves. You know, even though Costa was their top scorer, yeah. it was he wouldn't he wouldn't the take 20, all of the chances. The twenty goal a season strike is long gone. It's ten, twelve. Is you, you sort of, if you get fifteen out of a player in the Premier League last season, twelve, thirteen. I try quite a few. Was it sixteen or seventeen? It may well be. I'm just thinking, but maybe higher than that. But I mean, you know. Classic sort of centre forward, wasn't he? In, in yeah. Charlie Austin's another one I wouldn't be sure in a front three, but in the middle of the role. No, he, I mean, he, he, no, I wouldn't either. He would like to be paired. Yeah, he's a he's a four four two striker. Mm. Although he's probably got a bit more about him in, in than than some. Um, he could probably be adapted, but at the same time, it's like, would well, you want to it's waste your money, time? Isn't it? Do you want to waste your time? You know, trying to make Charlie something Charlie one, isn't he? He's a kind of player, right? Whoever takes a chance on him, he'll go there and he'll score loads of goals, and everybody will say, "Oh well, you know, it was always there." If he comes to Sunderland, it'll be rubbish. We yeah. are not guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. play him in the wing. I think Sunderland have just got deadline day five to five. Michu signs. That's what. That's what's going to well, happen. Well, Nicholas Bentner was, was the left with, yeah. left wing one under uh, Steve left Bruce. Field. Left field one. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't play on the left wing either. Um, the left field one from Steve Bruce, wasn't he? Because um, he again, he wasn't exactly yeah. the kind of striker. Yeah, he had a yard extra pace. He but then he did. Game, you know, he got one in three. And oh, I like Bentner. Oh, I like Bentner. He was. You know, I think. I think he was. He did turn well, it out to be because, a good I think it was because he because he comes so yeah. deep for the ball. Yeah. Where he had Cessignon playing just behind him, so we were thinking we we're going to go and get a striker again with somebody going to hold the ball or perhaps. And, and talk about Azamajan in the office today, you know, I'm thinking that was an off off the wall one as well, wasn't yeah. it? But I mean, he did a job, I suppose. And well, I mean, he was what rated, but you know, there might be political. Well, that was where do you know when people, when people it, talk about rated. like where clubs like Stoke are and they make the big profile signings, but that's where we were at the time yeah. when we signed Sean. Yeah, we I were mean, in a position yeah. like Stoke are now, where we could go out and sign players like that, and we just went backwards, haven't we? I think the frustration with Advocat at the moment is that he said, and it, he's, he's he's not making any secret of it. He if he had control of the budget, he would have spent it differently, knowing that. Next year, you're going to get five billion, a share of five billion of TV money, and I can understand, I can understand Ellis Short being a little bit reluctant to, to break the FFP regulations, but then again, it could be worth a gamble knowing that how much they're going to lose out on if they get relegated, and so far Sunderland have spent quite a bit of money just to just to stay where they are, maybe maybe finish even lower than that. I mean, cause so, they're, they're going to have to how, do. How much wriggle room is they're there? They're going to have to be clever about the way. If they're going to spend a lot of money, they'll probably have to do something where they say, "Oh, we'll we'll pay buy someone for ten million. We'll pay like five now and then five next year." But why would a why would a club in England accept the deal like but, that? But, but that's the deals they have been doing, isn't yeah. it? That's what's put them in the problem, the trouble they are now, because they're still pay, paying for yeah. your Mavriases, your 
Alvarez is away. I mean, that's another issue that's got yeah. to be resolved. I mean, um, we could end up you know, with, paying could end over up a period of time. Could end up with Maverick, uh, Alvarez. Yeah, well, they could do. Maybe that's, I don't know how, if that has to be resolved to, before. I just try to put that out of my mind and forget about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, it Pretending looks like it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's just, yeah. he's not here. He's, he's just on here. holiday and he's having yeah. a lovely time. When you see him on the side of the pitch, that's not him. That's yeah. not Alvarez. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where he's gone. Cut out. Shall we talk exit to tomorrow? In a couple of minutes. Really. In a couple of minutes. We've only got a couple of minutes, I'd say. Your uh, hometown team, aren't they? Well, they are technically my hometown team. They excited? Very. You're in, seem enthused. Was uh, it the first time you've ever commented on Sunderland versus Exeter? This, is, this is the played. first time I've commentated on Sunderland versus Exeter. I have commentated on Exeter before on a number of occasions when they used to play Carlisle in the um, old fourth division in the league, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, and I used to report on Exeter many many years ago when I was at home. So were you hoping for? Were you hoping for? Um I was hoping for an away, away, away draw. I was hoping yeah, for a trip to St James's Park. I have what I have. Well, I covered Newcastle. Um, I did do a game at St James's Park, the real St James's Park. But it was a friendly after the end of the season when Bobby Robson took Newcastle down there for a game. But this would be the first time, yeah, Sunderland Exeter. You want Exeter to win? Exeter to win. It's not a case of want. They probably will. <laughs> <laughs> any any threats from Exeter? Well, there are. Well, there are. There, there will be a threat from Exeter only on the basis that. Over the last few seasons, Sunderland have always struggled at this stage in the League Cup <coughs> when they've played lower league opposition. And, apart from and, yeah, and, we got the final two years ago. Yeah, apart, yeah but even even, even then, well, MK even then, MK Downs. Downs, Downs but we know. got through it, Josie, Josie, and, Josie uh, yeah. got us through that game. And so, um, Exeter will pose the threat because they keep the ball down, they pass it, and they've got some young players with pace. They've got Ryan Harley, who played for Brighton when they beat Sunderland one 0 that year in the. League yeah, Cup yeah, as well. yeah, in the League Cup where Sessegnon Clinton Morrison, okay, he's, he's not a starter, really? but he's assistant manager, but he's on the bench. He, he, no, he's there. That's one person I would not have expected to go into management. So, yeah. well, he's in assistant, he's assistant isn't he? But then, you know, so they've got a threat. I mean, they aren't a, they aren't a goal machine, Exeter. They're not. Um, you know, there is an Achilles heel in Exeter's setup. Is it, it is up front? They've got a young lad. Uh, Tom Nichols, who was their leading scorer last season, 21, 15 goals. Alex Nichols alongside of him, but they're not they're not made you know t- for goals, and they don't get that many through midfield. But they do play nice football. Mm. Okay. Disappointment. Else? Disappointment that what Moore's not in. I think that's been the theme. Well, I'm, sur- I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I think yeah. you know, been big debate today about you know why hasn't he played him, and and there's lots of you know reasons why he may not have decided to play him. But I think it's an opportunity missed because I think. Exeter is an opposition that he's more than capable of playing against because he's played the under-21s in pre-season against league opposition at that level. And it's arguable that the under-21s mm-hmm. team is as good as a League 2 side anyway, and I think it, it is an opportunity missed. Anybody listening to the podcast after Tuesday has now switched off, haven't they? Because they'll know uh, the result. Well, I would have switched off. Somebody's up long, when, about 27 somebody's, minutes. Uh, somebody's broke a leg or something. And well, I think... <laughs> oh, we've got here, I'm sticking my neck out, but I think because the, with the team that Dick Advocat's going to field, it will be too strong for Exeter. And Sunderland will go through, but I don't think... You know, I think it Obviously, will be... It's gonna, it's because it's going to help because we haven't won yet. So the players are going to want to get that first win, aren't they? Yeah, Regardless that's part of, who of the reason yeah, why he's like fielding that team and... It was like that game against uh, against Cambridge 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. 
where they hadn't won. Yeah, they hadn't yeah. won any games that season, so they went down to Cambridge and yeah. took a full strength team and beat them off the park. And that, that, it, what, no, it didn't work, did it? No, they no. <laughs> yeah. lost three-one at Arsenal the following yeah, Saturday, yeah, and so then Peter E got sacked. So, so it has an effect. So you know, great. That's. I mean, but it's good. A, you know the, what the other side of the coin is like for a team like Exeter. Exeter, the the cup is important because they they haven't got any. When I mean, we talk about having no money, I mean the team's made up of free transfers they haven't got they're a community club they're owned by the supporters it's a supporters trust they've actually clubbed together every season they bought a player um, Joel Grant the Jamaican they bought in from Yeovil this season so Jamaican side no he wanted but, to I'm sorry <laughs> and, so the, the cups are important for teams <laughs> like Exeter because it's an, it's an income stream if, if Exeter come up and do well and they cause a shock you know it's money for them this has got romantic scalp written all over it romantic scalp yeah well you know a fan <laughs> running a club you can see you know it's like David a herbal essence let it not be forgotten that Exeter went to Manchester United and drew nil nil I think uh, as well they might with them not playing what all there might be some political um, I think there is a it's like going I could play him but you know I don't really want to because I want you to spend some money on a yes, player that I want to put I think part there. of it as well coming on against Norwich and Swansea is Let's take Swansea at the weekend. Swansea bring on Adair, £5 million. We bring on Duncan Watmore. That would have been a better time for you, uh, Do you think he's good in the air? <laughs> Who, Watmore? There you go. Yeah. See, everyone laughed that time. Yeah. It worked. Right. It worked that time. Edit we'll edit, we'll take that middle section yeah, out of no, the programme if go, anyone's we're gonna go out on that. We're going to go out on that, unless somebody's got something that yeah we should uh, I, I did ask if anybody wanted uh, questions on Twitter and stuff and um, I haven't brought Twitter up on the screen and my phone's in the other room we'll charging, save them so. for we'll save them for the end of the light on yeah. on Thursday if they're hopefully they're still relevant if they're relevant yeah we might be assessing the meltdown that lad, Thursday, the lad yeah. didn't get back in touch about the dog's head thing anywhere did he the dog's head no he didn't actually mm. he mustn't have listened oh, we'll that to think where this one's we'll going we'll wait with interest mm. over that one alright to Exeter then or maybe we've already played depending on when you're listening to this Aston Villa next, isn't it? After that, mm. yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Carvery, though. There you go. All Something right. To look forward to. Thanks for listening. Over and out. Yeah.